to the Diary of a Sales Expert podcast. My name's James White, and I'm on a mission to help business owners and sales professionals all over the world get incredible sales results. So thanks for listening, and let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you with us for another episode. This is going to be a really short, sharp, focused podcast episode all on how to follow up effectively with sales opportunities and where people go wrong. And let me start by saying that we all get this happen on a regular basis. So we've met with someone, we've had a great conversation with someone, uh, we've talked to them about their challenges and their issues, and we've gone back to them with a proposal or a document or had a communication with them afterwards. And then literally, we don't hear anything. And we think, oh, well, it's a bit strange. They were due to come back to me and things go slightly, slightly wrong. And we don't hear back from them. So we think, well, what's going on here? What's, what's the matter? And we then follow up with them. And in, traditionally, typically, the follow-up goes like this. Hi, John, um, just following up on our proposal from last week, just to see how you're doing and whether you've made a decision to go forward or not. And you may get a follow-up uh, maybe a couple of weeks later that says, hi, John, haven't heard back for you in two weeks' time. Uh, where are you at with your proposal? Uh, what are you doing in this time? And can we move forward? So here's what's wrong with those follow-ups in those proposals. And here's how to avoid doing this. So the thing that's wrong with those follow-ups is, is, is one big fat reason. It's all about you, not about the buyer. The buyer actually, when they make a decision, only cares about them. They, Yes, you can help them solve their problem or challenge or get them where they want to be. But ultimately, they are not buying your service because they're trying to help you out. Very few people are that kind that they want to just literally buy something to help someone else out. What the buyer is doing is they're buying your solution, your product or your service, because you are going to solve a big problem in their world or they believe you can solve a problem in their world. They have this problem or this issue or thing they want to achieve and they want to get it resolved and they think you can do that. So they are buying selfishly. We buy as human beings incredibly selfishly. It's about what's right for us. And even if we buy you know, a nice shirt, a nice watch, a nice pair of shoes, we're buying for how it makes us look. Well, even though people might say, oh, you buy them because you want to have a brand on them. Yes, because they want to look good to that other to someone else or to other people or they're buying a solution because they want it to work for them and the problem with follow-ups when the follow-up is all about have you made you know have you made a decision all you're doing is you're signaling to the other person i'm only interested in what's right for me i want to know what's going on and can you tell me what you're going to make a decision so i can get what i want in place so the Basically, the follow-up is selfish on your side and the buyer looks at it and goes, oh, I don't care whether you want me to make a decision right now or not. I'm going to make a decision when it's right for me, when it's right time, when it feels like it's a good place for me, when I've got the money in place, whatever. They're not doing it just because you follow up with that. Now, does that mean you shouldn't be persistent? No. You do need to engage with persistence to engage with people, but you do need to engage with a purpose and a follow-up that has value. And I'm going to give you the story of a lady. I won't mention her name. Her name was Lynn. She was from an accountancy firm that I, in my previous business, was working with. And I followed up with her nine times. So nine times we've had a conversation and I'd made some mistakes in the sales conversation. One of the things I hadn't done and you should always do is try and arrange a date and time to follow up with the person once you've had that meeting. So really enjoyed the chat. 
Let's share the proposal. Let's talk on Thursday at four o'clock and you can decide if it's right for you or not. If you even if you want some time to think about it, great, no worries at all. Let's follow up a date and time on next, you know, the following Friday at two. Always get a date in the diary, a confirmed action to, to, to make things happen and that's going to help. But in the case with Lynn, I haven't done that. But I'd read somewhere and I can't remember which book I'd read or where I'd, and, I, and I'd followed up previously with sort of, oh, do you want to buy it? You know, are you going to go forward to the software? I sold software. Are you going to go forward to the software? Are you going to go forward to the software? And most of the time it's about me. And what I did is I identified that that lady had a challenge. We sold CRM software. She's had a challenge where there were six people in her team. She wasn't sure about how her team were performing. She had concerns as to information being left in notebooks. There was lots of different things that she had. And I'd written down these seven or eight different issues that she talked to me about in the conversation. So instead of actually following up with a message of, do you want to buy my software? Is now the right time to buy the software? Are you going to buy our software right now? Which is all selfishly about me. I focused on, hey, Lynn, appreciate you're busy. When we talked, you mentioned that your team, uh, you're worried that your team don't update the CRM. Here's a little guide we shared about how to get teams updating CRMs. Could be helpful for you, if whatever solution you choose to use. And then I sent her a follow-up to say, hi, Lynn, when we spoke the time before, you mentioned around how sales teams don't like technology. I shared a resource here. It was a link to a website on how you might share that with your team. So what I did is every time I followed up, I followed up with value. So I followed up with insights and, and, and information that was useful to Lynn and not necessarily what was right for me personally. And on the ninth time, she came back and said, thank you so much, James, for your uh, patience and understanding. I really appreciate you uh, sharing the insights that you have with me. I think we're ready to go forward now. And she bought our software. So the message for you is this. If you follow up on a regular basis with what's right for you and read your emails, read your communications, if your communications all, all say, are you in a position to go forward? Have we decided to go forward? Uh, are you wanting to buy that solution? focused on what you want, the chances are that you're going to get A, no reaction at all, or you're going to get people thinking that you're only selfishly focused on what you want. If you do focus up with a an element of, you told me about this issue and I want to help you solve the problem, or you mentioned this issue uh, or something you're trying to achieve and I want to give you some insights to help you go and achieve that, even if you don't buy from me, no worries, I want to help you. What that does is it gives value to the buyer, it gives value to the prospect, and it helps them think of you as being not this selfish, self-obsessed salesperson that's only interested in what you do, but it's going to help them think that you're actually truly interested in them and someone that's going to help them, and it's going to give them a better sense of you as a person in their mind. So look, there's no guarantee this is a method of, of working. You, I'm not going to say you're going to use this, it's automatically going to, going to change the way you do things, but all I will say is this, your buyers don't care about you and what you do and what you want at your time frames. They don't care that your month-end targets are happening. They don't care that you're behind in your schedule, that you wanted to get that work done at certain stages. They care not for that. They only care for what impact it can have in their world and the difference it can make for them and how it's going to make something better in their, in their position. So focus on that. If you've asked the right questions in the conversation, Get to know them, get to know the challenges they're facing, what they're concerned about, what's driving them, what's keeping them up at night, and then share insights in the follow-up. Follow up with, with value. It's very hard for people on a regular basis to get given something and not want to reciprocate back. Keep sharing insights, keep sharing value, keep sharing ideas, keep sharing things that can help them. And ultimately, it's going to stand you in a better chance of getting them to respond back and hopefully work with you. It's not a guarantee, but 
as humans, we want people, to, we want to do things that are right for us, not what's right for the other person. We buy selfishly. So understand that in your follow-up. So look at your follow-ups, look at the next follow-up you're sending to a potential buyer and look at that communication. If it says, dear so-and-so, have you decided on the proposal yet? Work out who's in best interest is that for, yours or theirs. And if it's in your best interest, not theirs, then change it round. See if you can add some value. See if you can add some insight. See if you can try and prompt a different reaction that's not focused on you, but them, and see how you get on. So that's a really short, punchy, sharp little message today in the podcast. I hope it's helpful. Give insights, give value, focus on them, not you, and you're going to stand a better chance of getting that deal over the line. I always like to finish the podcast, though, on an inspirational story. And I'm going to use today's story is on a guy called Robbie Britton. Robbie, in February this year, broke the 24-hour record, which has stood since 1982, for 24-hour, it's still called the Italy's Ori de Torino, which is a 24-hour continuous race. And he ran continuously for 24 hours and broke uh, a 24-hour British record for that. So, Robbie Britton, you are a superhero running for 24 hours. Wow. Congratulations to you. What an inspiration. I run for an hour and a half and my legs are cooked. So Robbie doing it for 24. Hats off to you. Incredible achievement. Brilliant inspirational story. Love inspirational stories like Robbie's. If you've got another one, someone I should include on the podcast, let me know. People like Robbie inspire us to do bigger and better things. It's inspiring me to even think about getting out and doing a marathon. I say think. I'm not completely convinced yet, but we'll we'll see if we get there. But he's a great story. Let me know what the inspirational story is that helps keep you motivated and focused on doing and building better things for you and your family and your, and your company. But until next week, hope you've enjoyed this short, sharp, punchy edition of the podcast on how to follow up with value. Let me know if you have. Take care. See you next week. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you've enjoyed. If you have, please subscribe to the podcast. It helps us ensure more people can get the insights and ideas they need to get incredible sales results. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode.